This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So you're thinking about duck hunting, but how do you break into a sport this big? On this episode, we're going to talk about the first steps that you need to take in order to get started. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're going to talk about duck hunting. Now, duck hunting is huge. It is its own little, it's a sub-world, microclimate, subculture. It is absolutely enormous. I think duck hunting may be the single largest and, and biggest and most nuanced and complex type of hunting to, to break into that I have seen so far to date and all the different kinds of hunting that I've pursued. Uh, in fact, it is so big and so vast that I have not even yet been able to successfully go out and do duck hunting. I've been working at it. I've been wor trying some things. I've been getting some help. And hopefully this season, uh, I'll be able to get into the woods and, and bring home a few birds myself. But in order to help you guys and me, I actually have talked to my friend Riley Hendrickson from the Hooser Outdoorsman podcast and Rilo Game Calls to see if he would come and talk to you guys and share uh, from his heart some things about duck hunting and how to get started and how to get into it. Now, Riley is a seasoned duck hunter. He has been doing this for years and years and he ha loves duck hunting. I mean, not just to the point where, you know, he really likes duck hunting and he's into it and, you know, does it a day or two a year. Now, I mean, this is a guy that whenever, from the moment he started was all in, just couldn't get enough. He, he tried all the different calls that were on the market, trying to find the ones that, that, you know, he liked and sounded the best to him. 
And after not being able to find it, he started making his own game calls. You know, and Riley is, uh, he's a musician, so he understands music, he understands tone and sound and all those things. He also has a decades-long experience in the woodworking industry, so he has the knowledge and the know-how and the tools to do it. So he started making his own duck calls and uh, never intended to start a business making duck calls or any other calls, but had people going, hey, hey, where'd you get that call? Can you make me one? I'll pay you. And after enough of those, he he just started making them, and boom, all of a sudden, just add water business, making and selling custom game calls. And uh, so we're talking about a guy here that just really knows his stuff, knows what he's doing, loves it with a passion, has the ins and the outs of it covered. And I thought, you know what, this is the guy that we need to have on the show today to to just share and talk about duck hunting and you know, I, I cannot teach you what, what he's got to teach you because I just, I haven't done it. Haven't been into the woods yet. Been trying for a couple years to find a way to break into it. And he's actually been helping me. So I thought, ah, let's just have him share and, and just talk about it. So I asked him to record a segment for you guys. And we're going to play that momentarily. But, you know, duck hunting is one of those things that has just captured my attention even from the beginning. And I'm hoping this year I'll finally be able to to get everything together that I need and get out and do it. Maybe next year I'll do some episodes on some uh, some additional tips for you guys. But wanted Riley to be able to share today and just you know get out uh, some stories and some some context and some help for for you guys. Now he's going to start by sharing his story and how he got started in duck hunting. And I don't want you to listen as if, oh, this is just a good story. This story is filled with duck hunting knowledge and information. He's telling his story, but at the same time, he's teaching us how to duck hunt. And then he's going to get into some specific tips and things like that to, to help you get started and get at it that way. So, you know, you can head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. I've got links there to Riley's podcast. I've got links there to Riley's online store for his game calls. Now, I'm not getting any commission or cuts. They're just that good. You can see some pictures of some of his calls. Just I would go and just check out the pictures. They are absolutely astounding, the kind of work that he's putting out and the beautiful stuff that he's making. Uh, you know, just to the point where I was like, look, dude, you gotta you gotta come on so I can just share your stuff with a bigger audience because it is so beautiful. So, um, you know, check that out. And now I'm going to turn it over to Riley. Hello and greetings, New Hunter's Guide. This is Riley Hendrickson. I am an outdoorsman and hunter from Indiana. I just want to take a second to thank George for letting me come on his podcast to talk about Duck Hunting 101 and hopefully inspire some people listening to the New Hunter's Guide to get into the awesome sport in American tradition of duck hunting. Now, I I have been duck hunting in Indiana ever since, or I have been hunting in Indiana ever since I was 16. I've always enjoyed tromping through the woods and hunting. However, you know, something happened about seven years ago that changed my hunting style. Uh, seven years ago, like many people across the country, I was sitting on my couch and the show Duck Dynasty came on, and I was instantly hooked. Uh, the chemistry of the Robertsons 
family, especially Uncle Cy, was addictive, and soon as I saw footage of them in the duck blind blowing duck calls, I got the duck hunting itch. And yeah, I yeah, my no one in my family saw it coming. Uh, the I mean, as soon as we started watching the Robertsons, uh, them duck hunting, I mean, it was just bound to happen sooner, sooner or later that I would end up in a duck blind. Um, well, a couple months later, the opportunity presented itself. A friend who grew up in Oklahoma contacted me. And asked if I wanted to go blue wing teal hunting that September seven years ago. Um, he, my friend, he he kept telling me he he said, uh, Riley, you need to go duck hunting with me. And I was like, Hey, bud, you know Indiana is an, a duck hunting state. First of all, uh, everyone in my area thought the uh, duck hunting was illegal in Indiana. Um, and I mean, just duck hunting and goose hunting just has not been a big thing in Indiana. Well, my friend Travis kept telling me, hey, could you come hunting with me? Just watch. So how it works in a draw, uh, when you show up, if you are by yourself, you get the last pick after the last pick. So the spots that no one wants, that's what you get. However, if you have a second or third person go with you, you you actually get to partake in the draw, and you get a chance to possibly be the second person to pick a, a spot to go hunting out in the marsh because there's so many areas in the marsh to go hunt. So when these groups come in, if there's uh, 50 spots and 60 groups, only 50 of those groups are going to get a place to hunt that day. And sometimes people get sent home, and it's happened to me uh, once, uh, which is very unusual. Um, but uh, but then sometimes your your number gets picked at the first spot, and you walk up to a board and pull a place off of the map. And you know when you're in a marsh of fifteen hundred to three thousand acres of marsh. The reason you know what number to take first off of that board is because you've scouted it this whole time. A lot of duck hunters scout two months ahead of time. So anyway, my friend and I, we get to the draw. I get to experience the culture of the draw. All these duck hunters um, that, I mean, it's such a closed knit group um that we don't get to see a lot of duck hunters so during the draw you've got all these duck hunters showing up at the same time so we get to tell duck hunting stories and talk to each other and you know I've had a couple of guys say well if my group doesn't show up uh if you haven't put your uh, group in yet I'll just hunt with you guys I mean there's that camaraderie in duck hunting that's not in a lot of other uh hunting so we get there and we get we walk in and I mean, when you're waking up for duck hang, you wake up at two in the morning, you you're on the road, uh, driving at three o'clock. You've got all your gear. You get there at about four thirty to five o'clock and you take a number and you sit down and your numbers put into the computer and you're sitting around waiting with everyone else. And there's big screens around in the area and you just wait for to see whose number gets drawn. So anyway, 
We it was a really bad fall, very dry, very little water. It was an early season teal hunt and uh blue wing teal. And so we everyone told us they said this is a bad bad year for it because there's just not enough water. Um and my friend he only had one gun. I didn't have a gun. Uh, I had some old canvas waders that uh, I, my father-in-law let me borrow. And um, so we get our number. We go out into the marsh, and we go out there, and we don't know where to park. We don't know where to go. We don't know that location very well because we had not scouted that location, which later, looking back on it, it's like, man, that was a bad idea. So... Now, uh, we, we accidentally went into the area that we had picked to hunt. We went into the wrong area. So we come into the west side of this hole, we'll call it GP9. Uh, those, you know, a lot of places have numbers and letters with them. So that was called GP9. So we came on the right side of that and we didn't even say see the main big pond that you should hunt by. Uh, but we did find a little tiny puddle of water. Um, and we decided to put up the decoys there. We couldn't find any water around, so we put the decoys in this little puddle of water. Um, and at that time, I did not know that teal will only land in... Um, about eight inches of water 15 inches of water is a little bit too deep for them so anything uh from zero to 15 inches is their nice area to land in so we put out the decoys and we sat back and we were waiting and all of a sudden as soon as it gets up to a certain time it's called golden hour and that's when the sun's starting to peak up everything's golden colored and that's when the Ducks start flying around like crazy. Well, all of a sudden, we had a group of about 50 teal come overhead, and Travis started shooting. And the deal was, is he would shoot the first flock that came through, I would shoot the second, he would shoot the third. So we would just alternate. And we almost had our limit that day, and it was an amazing hunt. It was my first duck hunt. And from then on, I was hooked. I mean very much hooked uh the next day i bought my own gun and my own waders and from then on i have been a duck hunter that has been my title if anyone asks me if i hunt i say i'm a duck hunter or waterfowl hunter that is my title i found and i mean you know i've talked to a lot of people that have deer hunted and uh i know a couple of guys that have been deer hunters and they, you know, it, it gets a little monotonous. Okay, you're sitting in a tree stand. And eventually, they find duck hunting. And it's just that one thing that's, I mean, there's a camaraderie about it. You can hunt in a group. You don't have to be super quiet. So, let's talk about duck hunting 101. So, <clears throat> yes. So, getting started in duck hunting is <laughs> it's kind of daunting. Uh, a lot of people don't know where to start. If you don't have a friend that can take you, I highly re recommend that you use an outfitter. 
Um, it is very easy to accidentally break laws. Um, if you don't know what you are doing, I mean, it, it's federal. Uh, these birds are migrating, so it's everything is on the federal level. Uh, so during teal season in Indiana, you cannot shoot woodies, and woodies are flying around the exact same time as teal. So if you are a new hunter, I highly, I always tell new hunters, do not go during teal season because, um, I mean, I that's how I started, but I had a, a seasoned duck hunter that I was hunting with. Um, if you can't, if you don't have a family member or friend that's a seasoned duck hunter, go with an outfitter because they will be able to tell you when to take shots. Um, I mean, an outfitter knows all the laws regarding duck hunting and will help you learn a little bit through that experience. Um, and yeah, I mean, you could go with an outfitter and just learn everywhere. If you go with an outfitter, just don't make it a chance to go hunting, but make it a learning experience as well. Um, just watch that outfitter because an outfitter is the prime crop. They are the best of the duck hunters at that point because they feel so confident in the numbers of ducks that they are getting every season that they say to themselves, I think I could take people hunting and get limits. I mean, that is how good they have to be. Uh, so if you go with an outfitter, Learn what they're doing. Watch their decoy placement. D don't worry about calling, but watch where they're setting up, where their decoys are located. How do they do their decoys look? What kind of decoys are they using? Mallard or goose decoys? Um, so if you go with an outfitter, make it a learning experience. Try to be a sponge. So, okay, so that's with an outfitter. Let's say... A friend or family member has asked you to go duck hunting. Here are a couple tips that can help you get started. Okay, number one, make sure you buy your license, state license, and federal duck stamp and get your HIP number. Um, so you want your general license, right? You would get that for squirrel hunting, crow hunting, all that good stuff. Then you want your state license um, for duck hunting. And and uh, the big one is you want your federal duck stamp. Uh, you can actually buy those at post office. Post offices. Um, do not try to buy it the day before because the post office may have weird hours. Try to get that uh, duck stamp um, a week before and try to give yourself some room to be prepared. You have to have that duck stamp with an outfitter with. Um, hunting by yourself that is a yearly thing you have to get and it costs $25 and you have your you take your license and you write your name across the duck stamp peel it off and put it on your license and then you will see a spot there that says hip number well when you get on the uh, DNR website I don't know how it is in your state but in Indiana you look for the hip number or hip survey and it wants to know what ducks you got last year so you get on there and you say this is my first year i didn't harvest anything and then it will automatically give you a hip number so you write that hip number down on your license and you have all that stuff your state license uh your license your federal duck stamp and 
your HIP number all there on your license, written or attached or printed on there, and yeah, have it all there just in case the DNR officer pulls you aside. Um, so yeah, it, yeah. So two, check your local laws as far as waterfowl hunting. When using your shotgun, you will only be able to use steel shot, but make sure to check if there is a limit on how many shells. Uh, in Indiana, on, on public ground, it is 25 shells. That's it. Steel a day. 25 shells a day, steel shot. Um, Non-toxic shot. So, I mean, you could use steel, tungsten, bismuth. Um, and that is a whole episode in itself is shot and shot patterns uh, for waterfowl. That is a whole episode and it's just one of those things that I could get into a debate about. And yeah, we won't really dive into that today. So three, to hunt waterfowl, you will need a shotgun that can shoot a three inch shell of either number twos or number fours. So, I mean, even if you have a single shot, a pump, a semi-auto, a side-by-side, over and under. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Make sure that it can shoot steel shot. Some of the older shotguns can't shoot steel shot. And make sure that you can shoot a three inch shell. Now, when you get into bismuth, it's a new type of shot. They are actually shooting two and three quarter shot. So if you want to try that, you can try that. Um, and boss shot shells are the ones that are making bismuth now. So if you want, if you have a shotgun, you're not sure about call boss and say, Hey, I have this type of shotgun. Um, could your shot work in this? And what's your recommendation? Um, because right now bismuth is the easiest on shotguns from what I hear. Um, now three shells only. So if you go hunting on the morning of duck hunting opener and you haven't put the, uh, dowel rod or whatever it is to keep that, uh, your tube to a three shot limit. So it's two shots and the shot in your, uh, in the chamber. That is what you duck hunt with. Um, So if you go tromping in the swamp early in the morning and you have more than three shots, that is a ticket per round usually, uh, per shell. So you have to make sure that you have steel shot um, and no lead, absolutely no lead. Um, And you have to have steel shot and make sure only three rounds in the gun. You can have two no more than three. Uh, I usually run one in the chamber and two in the tube, and I usually run three-inch steel shot number fours, usually. Um, So, let's see here. Uh, Number four, communicate with the person that you are duck hunting 
with find out if you need muck boots or waders or what kind of ammo or camo. So when you go duck hunting, there are so many situations that you can be put in. Um, are you going to be hunting timber? Are you going to be hunting in the marsh? Are you going to be hunting in a field? Um, all those situations decide on are you wearing muck boots? Are you wearing waders? Are you wearing timber camo? Are you wearing marsh camo? Um, talk to the person that is taking you. Find out what what gear do you need uh, to go hunting with them. Hopefully, um, for your first time, you don't have to go out and spend a hundred bucks on waders. You can use muck boots. There are places that I can take people that you just need muck boots for the most part. And um, yeah, so communicate with them. Make sure you talk with them weeks, at least a week before you go hunting that morning, because that's the last time to find out you have the wrong stuff to go hunting with. Um, now, like everyone, a couple days before the day you hunt, you will probably go to an Academy or a Cabela's or a Bass Pro looking at duck hunting gear. You will end up looking at the duck call aisle. You are not ready yet, so put the goose call down. Put down. Right now. And walk a little further down the aisle. Then when you go pick up the duck commander duck picker, put that down. D don't, don't even touch that. You're not ready for that for your first day. If you want to make a noise to help your friends out, find a six-in-one whistle a buck gardener, or a duck commander. They look exactly the same. So I'm going to demonstrate what you do. You can't see this, but look it up. It's a six-in-one whistle, right? So you can use it for teal. You can use it for pintail. You can use it for widgeon. I use it for a mallard call. So this little itty-bitty whistle, the only problem with this whistle is, is if you are a child or a woman, you cannot make the mallard sound with this whistle. Now, if you are a man that can make a baritone to a bass note, um, you can make the mallard call with the six-in-one whistle. Okay? So here, I'm going to demonstrate this. This is, so you take your whistle, and it looks just like a whistle with a little megaphone thing at the end of it, and you take it, and you can make it, so it sounds like a whistle. Here, this is just me blowing into it. That's what a teal sounds like. Green wing, male, uh, blue wing, do not make that noise. Just green wing teal. All right, so now you have this whistle. You put it in your mouth. You take, right, so you hold it with your left hand. Right, and you can hold it in your mouth, and then you take your right hand, take your fingers, make kind of like a, a I don't know, a paw, right? So your fingers are curled in, and you've got your hand facing towards you like you're going to smack the palm of your right hand on your forehead, and you do that with your right hand while you're holding the whistle. You take that right hand, put it over the megaphone of the whistle, and you just go, you... Uh, take your bass note, you go burp, burp, and go burp, burp, burp. Here we go. Burp. Beep, 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 beep. 
hear the low bass note underneath that, and then you've what you're doing is you're going, but that's me without putting my hand over it. So when as I'm going burp, I'm taking my right hand and it's pressed tight against the megaphone, and I'm pulling it off as I go burp. I'm pulling the hand off of the megaphone of this whistle. It's that adjust. You're you're using your right hand to adjust how that sounds. So one more time. This is the male mallard call. All right. Now, okay. So here's a couple more tips. Um. Yes. Um. Yeah, so what what we're going to do is I'm going to, this is the night before, right? Um, and then I will do a, a, a part two of Duck Hunting 101, part two, to tell you day of. So this is like the week before, the day before, getting all your gear ready. Uh, so make sure to call the person taking you the night before check with him on your licenses and gear make sure you call your hunting buddy that's taking you out for the first time and uh, make sure all that stuff is together ready to rock and roll uh, the night before just to check with him okay so set your alarm clock early okay 2.30 a.m. that's right 2.30 a.m. Usually you have to drive to the spot or get there for a draw to decide where you're going to hunt. So, yes. So there you go. So set it for 2.30 in the morning and close your eyes if you can. A lot of people can't even sleep the night before they drink a Red Bull. I suggest not to. Make sure you're going to be up all excited checking your gear checking out your new 6-in-1 whistle that you just got. You're going to be practicing with it. You know, you're going to be practicing with that, driving your wife crazy or your spouse crazy. And yes, so set that alarm for 2.30 in the morning, and then uh, we will talk about the day of duck hunting. Uh, in part two. So I don't know about you guys, but man, I cannot wait to get out into the woods over some decoys, brush myself in a little bit and do some duck hunting. And, you know, Riley's point of view here, I think is, you know, absolutely excellent. And this is the first time I have ever recommended doing this, but you know, based on what I've learned and seen in my initial journey in this thing, you know, Riley's recommending the first time you go, go with somebody. Go with someone who knows what they're doing. Go with someone who's an avid duck hunter. And if you cannot find one, go with an outfitter. Because there's just so much to it. It's worth paying to go out for a day. Not just so, not to hunt for a day. Okay? Don't look at it as, oh, I'm going to pay somebody to go to, to take me hunting. No, you're paying somebody to mentor you. 
You're, you're paying a duck hunting consultant to learn everything you can from them. And maybe even take a couple ducks home and put them in the freezer. But you, you really need to think about this from, okay, let's get out there. Let's find somebody, whether it's a friend or someone we can, you know, meet online. Or if it's an outfitter, get somebody that you can go with. Because you can learn so much so fast in the field, watching, listening, paying attention, asking questions, and you know all those pieces and components. And that's what you need to get started. That's really the thing. Now, I'm going to be just straight up with you guys. I've tried to do that. I, Where I live in western Pennsylvania, Riley has basically declared this is a duck hunting desert in terms of finding groups, finding outfitters, finding places that that you know have duck hunting as an, an official you know anything it is it is basically you know you're on your own get out there figure it out shoot from the hip get in some Facebook groups see if somebody will share information with you so I actually tried to find an outfitter that I could pay to take me out and just have not been able to do it so I've been working on it me and one of my friends are are looking at trying to break into it. I was doing some research today on the couple things to get, and we were out in the woods yesterday looking around at some areas that we might be trying to get out early in the morning and do some scouting for. But, uh, you know, we're just been looking at this thing going, okay, how do we do this? You know, as people who literally can't find anyone to take us or, or do anything trying to start from ground zero with Riley as my mentor. Literally five minutes before I came down and recorded this episode, I was messaging him on Facebook, getting tips, getting information, you know, how, what kind of decoys, how many decoys, trying to find out in my area the most common types of ducks, things like that, trying to get started. So Riley's recommending you guys start with finding somebody that, that knows how to do this and going out with them one way or another. And I 100% support that and tried to do it and failed. And of course, Riley lives in Indiana, so I can't just go out with him. That would be too easy. And I'm not desperate enough to drive from Pittsburgh to Indiana to, to do that for a day. Uh, but the time could come where I reach that point. But I'm working on the from scratch, ground up, no idea what you're doing approach with no mentor. And hopefully, um, you know, that'll happen within a few weeks here. But I probably won't share it maybe until getting ready for duck season next year. Uh, but, you know, I will, I will try to walk you guys through that approach next year if I'm able to pull it off myself. But, I mean, I would definitely go with Riley's recommendations and absolutely do not go duck hunting without somebody else. You don't want to do this alone. You know, certain types of hunting, they are, they are meant to be solo sports. Turkey hunting really is a solo sport. You can go with someone, but... Your, your, your chances are better alone. Deer hunting is very similar. Even when you go with someone, you rarely sit in the same spot. Duck hunting is a team sport. But the number one reason you don't want to go alone isn't the team aspect. It's the fact that you want to be safe. Every year, duck hunters die who are out by themselves. They drowned. They... You know, they're walking through, you know, shallow water, but their boot gets stuck in a, in a stump or something. They get hypothermia. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen when you're by yourself 
that if somebody was there with you, you could have you could have gotten out of that jam. So you're around water. It's often cold. You know, you 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 don't want to take risks, but at the same time, if you go with somebody, your safety level just goes through the roof. So go out with somebody. Don't do this by yourself. You know, even if you're starting from scratch, you know, just just trying to figure it out on your own. Find somebody who doesn't know what they're doing to go with you because you just you want to be safe. So I want to you know also encourage you guys head to the website newhuntersguide.com. Also head to Riley's website, rilogamecalls.com. I'm going to link to his website from the show notes of this episode and check out his calls. He's got duck calls. He's got uh, deer grunt or buck grunt calls. He's got predator calls. I mean stuff he is making in in his yard and his shop there that he's built. On his lathe, he does Facebook videos of him making the calls live. I mean, all kinds of stuff. I head there, check out his stuff, and it is very moderately priced. His his entire mantra is calls that a working man can afford. Quality stuff that a working man can afford. And since he works in the wood industry, he's able to get the raw materials that he uses super cheap. So, you know, it costs him pennies, so the the prices that he's able to charge can be much lower than other competitors for similar quality work. So I would check it out. Also check out his podcast, The Hoosier Outdoors. Uh, I'll link to that also in, in the show notes of this episode. He's cranking out great stuff. Me and him got together a few weeks back and did an episode about crow hunting and just overall hunting and some of the philosophy of the new hunter's guide. So check it out, newhuntersguide.com. Appreciate you guys. Oh, and don't forget, doing a part two of this. In the next episode, we're going to do part two of duck hunting. So uh, stick around. It's going to be great. But till next time, God bless you guys, and go get them in the woods. <laughs>